0: Eventually, you build up relationships with people in Ireland, with the editors and commissioning editors, and it's a small place, as everyone knows. But that tends to then get you into the trap of well, I don't know anyone in another market. So hopefully, the idea here is just uh, some people will talk about their experience pitching to outside this island and how to, how to do that. Just it's another place to pitch at and talk to uh, Michael. Sure. So I'm Mike Roddy, a uh, retired Reuters journalist. Uh, did that kind of work for about 40 years, and I can tell you it's a great relief to stop. <laughs> uh, don't necessarily envy you starting off in journalism, but that's another story entirely. What we're gonna do here is talk about the positive side of things, I think, which is how you pick stories, how you get them sold to various news outlets. Uh, with some people here, I, I've, investigated the backgrounds a bit. They have quite a bit of success doing this, so I think we've got the right people here today. I want introduce first Lyra, who is from, native of <coughs> Belfast, right? Yeah, yeah very good. Uh, and Lyra, I, I got in touch with Lyra on Twitter, and she came back to me and she said she, I should say the following about her. So she's an editor of Media Gazer, a news site based in Silicon Valley which broadly covers the digital content sector and media industry, and she also moonlights as a freelance writer. If you look up Lyra's uh, profile, or if you look up online, you'll find that she has an extensive uh, uh, CV of of stories that she's placed everywhere, Uh, for example Buzzfeed. The Atlantic, and Private Eye.
1: But she can't open a bottle of water. <laughs> she can't answer. open a bottle of water. <laughs>
0: she was named Sky News Young Journalist of the Year, and in 2016, Forbes Magazine named her one of their 30 under 30th in media in Europe. So I say that's pretty impressive. Uh, and we'll go on to Jason. Uh, Jason, are, I assume you're a uh, Dublin native, where are you, or where are you, where are you from? I was born in Dublin and brought up in Belfast. Oh, right. So we have two. Two of, two of those people, very good.
1: Spottin' <laughs> uh, Spot
0: Spottin' So Jason is a journalist based in Dublin. He writes no, for a number. Oh, well, right. <laughs> based in Paris. Oh, well, that's right. Based in Paris. I was told you were sort of part time Paris, but no, you're, you're full time Paris. Full time. Lucky you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so he writes for a number of publications, including the Irish Times, Irish Examiner. Uh, is Ireland correspondent for the Christian Science Monitor and edits the online... No, this is a very old out of paper. Oh, it's an out of date. Maybe uh, you should say yourself yeah, I used to be there the Ireland correspondent with the Christian Science Monitor, which you will know, I'm sure, but yeah. Yeah, most people in the room probably won't. Right. Um, it's an august American newspaper, much in decline these days, I'm afraid. Yeah, um, I have contributed to Irish papers over the course of my career, the Examiner, the Times, and so on. Um, but I'm in the invidious position uh, of mostly having worked in the foreign press. At the moment, I'm writing for El Independiente in Spain, The New European in the UK, um, and I work for a television program called Vox Pop on Alte in, in French television. Very nice. Okay. On peut français, Okay. Yes. So. Uh, let's kick off with Lyra. Uh, I, I will possibly ask some questions at the end of this, but otherwise, I think these people know their stuff, and they'll be telling you about, I guess, the topic is. It's called Reporters Without Borders, but the idea is really how do you how do you pitch stories to uh, news outlets where you can't just walk up to them and
1: meet them in the pub, basically. Yep. Um, do you want me to walk there? Or? As you wish. It's up totally up to you. Yeah, can people
0: there. hear well enough? Can
1: you hear me alright? Yes, I will. No. No? no. Back. There you go. Okay, the back. Back. Alright, there you go. <laughs> Hi, can you hear me alright here? Is that a bit better? Yeah. yeah. Good. Thank you very much for having me down here today. I nearly didn't break, uh, make it because the first bus broke down <laughs> on the motorway coming from Belfast but thankfully there's another one dispatched quickly after, so I just about got here at the skin of my teeth. Um, so here I'm here to talk to you about pitching overseas titles, and but first I want to talk to you about why you should be thinking about doing that and specifically I want to talk to you about why you should be thinking about pitching trying to break in break into the what we call the long form slash magazine market. So if you think of magazines like your New Yorker, your New York Times magazine, your Texas Monthly, all those kind of publications. And the first reason is one I think that you will all agree is a very good reason which is that it pays more. It pays a lot more. Um, for example, there's a great publication in London called Mosaic Science. And Mosaic Science covers one long-form story a week, and it's of about 3,000 words length. And that <coughs> for that, you'll be paid £1,800 sterling, mm. plus expenses. And they publish their stories under Creative Commons, so a lot of the stories then get republished. So I had one published then in The Atlantic, as a result which helped me sort of move further into the American market a bit Um, and loads of other things come out of doing these kind of really long stories as well in these magazines things that you can't really that you don't really imagine when you're actually writing the story or filing your copy so for example well the first thing for me was I got they sent me to America which is a rarity these days to get to go away and report in a different country on a story. They sent me to Chicago, Boston and Utah to report on a story about how the disease called CTE, which we know in America affects NFL players, I'm sure you've all seen the movie or heard of it, the movie Concussion, starring Will Smith. But we discovered that ex-boxers were suffering from this too. And they literally sent me on this 10 day trip the whirlwind trip from Utah to Boston to Chicago to go and meet these ex-boxers and the researchers who were studying them and their brains. And off the back of that and another story that I did for Mosaic, the editor of Mosaic ended up having a conversation with a literary agent in London who was complaining that he didn't have enough young writers and all those young writers kept leaving him. And she said to him, oh I know a young writer you should speak to. And I ended up getting signed by that agency. And that agency is based in London and Madison Avenue, New York. Um, it turned out to be a quite a big agency. They represent, if anybody's ever heard of Silence of the Lambs, mm. Hannibal Lector, they represented the author who wrote that. They used to represent Malcolm Gladwell, represent a bunch of other New York Times authors, mm. uh, best-selling authors. Like, listen, I'm from the mean rough <laughs> streets of North Belfast this was a big opportunity for me and I don't think it would have happened otherwise because I don't come from money, I don't come from a network where I could go live in London for six months and then turn into Guardian for little to no money. So this actually worked out really well for me it was because of the exposure I got from these magazine articles and the one thing I found throughout my career is usually if you see somebody doing really well or you see them getting deals it's more a case of who you know and one thing leading to another they're probably not much more talented than you, I would say all of you are probably 10 times more talented than me, but I was just in the right place at the right time with getting these mag- these magazine stories, and that for me was the net benefit of pitching, well was sort of overseas for me, Belfast and London would be technically another country for yourselves, but that had a huge impact for me. So, and the other reason I would say if you want to break into sort of pitching overseas and getting your name out there with these longer magazine profiles, is if you're a young reporter especially, doing these long stories gives you an opportunity to build sources, to talk to people, spend a relas- longer building relationships with them, and that really pays off in your career too. So outlined that, so now I want to talk about the market itself and how you do it and the reason I told you all the benefits that you can get from pitching these places and getting into the magazines is because it does take a while sometimes to break into them and it can. it is a very very tough market. Um, To give an example, I was pitching, the Guardian has a long read section, they call it the long read and they have one long story they publish quite regularly and I kept pitching and pitching I wasn't getting anywhere with them but I was getting replies. So I actually asked him, you know, is there something particular you're looking for? Is there a different genre, you know, something I'm missing? And he said, no, it's nothing like that. We look at everything. He said, but you're one of 80 pitches that we receive a month. And out of those 80 pitches a month, (laughs) over the course of a year, working out over 900 cold pitches, we accept 5 to 10. So that's the percentages that you're working on there. So it's a lot of luck. And it's the right editor saying your story but if you get in there if you keep at it eventually you'll break in and what i have noticed is especially with the new york market right it's all about who you know it's somebody seeing your name and thinking i like them and approaching you sometimes you should definitely be trying to get cold pitch editors find out who's working where in the organization and i try to find the most junior editor who can commission a story because it's somebody who's got something to prove Mm -hmm. and who wants to bring in new talent and prove to their bosses that they're doing something good Um, or that they can find and nurture talent. But outside of the co-pitches, especially with the New York market, the one thing I noticed is that there's other sites which are almost like a feeder for these bigger sites. So places like The All, AWL, it's recently closed sadly, or Narrative.ly is another one. Like likes of Harper's Magazine or The Baffler, The Rumpus, all those kind of smaller sites because people in The New Yorker are reading them and people in The New York Times Magazine are reading them and they're lower hanging fruit, they're still hard to get into but they're not as hard as The New Yorker and if you can get into them, as I said, and work your way up through those smaller sites, you've got a chance to climb into the bigger leagues, likes of The New York Times Magazine the New Yorker. Now the one thing I would say is about those sites is that I've heard like s- places like the New York Times magazine that they have a sort of it's kinda like a hunger games type approach <laughs> to commissioning the content. Where they will commission so much and then kill fifty percent of it. But when you get into it the benefits are huge. So One thing I did, there's a couple of things I did. Firstly, speak to freelancers who are working in that market and who are having regular conversations with these people. Because they'll tell you what editors to talk to. And, you know, we have this, this is a big problem with diversity in the newsrooms, it's because commissioning editors tend to take from within their circle of acquaintances. So somebody recommending another person, you know? And that is why so many newsrooms, unfortunately, are just white and you know we have very few non-white, non-white writers in them, but that is how it works. It's who you know. So get into this get to know who the freelancers working in these magazines overseas are, whatever publication it is you want to write for. Ask them who they're talking to. And the thing is, everyone likes to be asked for advice and likes to feel like they can do something for somebody else you know so and that was what i did when i started to look at certain magazines that i wanted to get into like the new yorker and you find out little tidbits that you didn't realize like for example the new yorker's website has a much lower so it's still great quality but it, the bar isn't as high as getting into the magazine and they need to publish about, i think they publish on like 10 to 15 pieces a day on the site so they have a backlog they need to have a backlog of content com- coming in from freelancers so if you can get in there, you're guaranteed good work. What tends to happen is you start off with, a, fir- I would say, a few lines just to, a, what I would call almost like, a, if you're describing a movie, and you're trying to describe a movie to someone, that is how you would do your pitch. Mm. Just brief enough to give them, you know, to make them like their, <laughs> their lips and their you, but long enough to excite them. From there, what you'll tend to find is you get to a mm. point where you can send them one line, thinking of doing this story, etc., etc. Would you be interested? Yes. But initially, cra- show them that you can write with that little tidbit, that pa- one, that paragraph where you basically sell your movie plot, so to speak, or the plot of your story. The other thing I would be doing is if listen, if you have the resources and there are scholarships available, try and get to conferences like the Online News Association. I believe there's actually a UK chapter which you could and there might be one in Dublin as well I need to check that but I went to ONA in San Francisco and I found it really useful I was getting to talk to the investigations editor at the Washington Post It's getting to talk to people from Wired Magazine. You get them all in this one room. And as I said, it's who you know. And especially with Americans, they tend to sort of go on gut feeling, whether they like somebody for 30 seconds. And the Irish thing works in your favor there too. So if you can get a meeting with them at somewhere, get the, the business cards exchanged, you're more likely to get a pitch accepted. And they're more likely to guide you and tell you what they're looking for if your pitch is slightly off their target. So definitely be going to things like the Online News Association and as Mm -hmm. I said, do leverage the Irish thing when you're pitching Americans. Now, the other thing you can do is if you get a literary agent, think about the context they have and this is one thing I learned that I didn't realise. A lot of literary agents don't just represent their clients for books, they'll also represent you for magazine pitches. To the bigger magazines, and they have links to the likes of The New Yorker, especially if they have a New York office, they'll have those, and that's worth bearing in mind as well. Um, Do you know the quality of the pitch is important, but what I found, especially for New York and London. Is what's even more important is the editor having a sense of who you are, and that's why I say if you can get a contact, that you can get an inroad somehow, even if it's by identifying them with them on Twitter, identifying them on Twitter, and engaging with them, talking to them, liking their tweets. That actually helps, you know. Things like that. There's also a great group called Things like. Uh, now this is for women exclusively, but it's called Binders Full of Women Writers. And one of the first pitches I got from New- a New York site, which, as I said, is a bit of a feeder for the bigger magazines, was through this. Facebook group, because I pitched my idea, I said I've been shopping this story around, I really want to have it published, but I'm not really getting anywhere, anyone got any advice. And a commissioned editor from the new, site in New York seen it, she liked it, and she said to me, can you send this to me? And that was how I got sort of my first break in the New York market. So, to summarise, what you pitch is really important, right? And you, got, as I said, these guys are getting... Like it's like so The Guardian, they're getting 80 pitches a month. So you got to keep it really short, and that's important. <coughs> but as I said, I don't, it's, to me, it's almost 30% what you pitch, and it's 70% them being aware of your name. So create, look for other avenues and inroads. For example, Mosaic Science is a great one. It's what a, another example of what I would call a feeder site. Because the American magazines then pick up their stories. The editors will know your name. Do you know what I mean? Like someone <coughs> say, their stories get republished in the Spectator, Guardian, New Scientist, you know, like the Narrative. Lee, we know that New York the Ti- New York, New Yorker writers, New York Times writers, the they editors, they all read these sites because these guys all go for drinks after. You know, so it's, if your name is coming up when someone says, "Oh, I really like that with that that story by that writer," blah blah blah. That's a good thing obviously for you and that will help you get in the door. I really do think with this market that most of it is about cultivating the contact even if it's just getting, uh, even just talking to people on Twitter. There was a lovely writer that I knew who helped me get my first pitch into Rolling Stone and from that we came really close, we didn't get the story through in the end but we came very very close because I had an editor who he'd introduced me to who liked the story and we just missed out because they said basically we've got too much true crime in the next few issues and this is true crime but they knew my name and I just got in through talking to this guy on twitter really liked his stories we had a conversation and I asked him how did you get into Rolling Stone and how did you get into the New Yorker and through that I then figured out I've learned about the website, how the New Yorker site, the bar was lower if you get into the website you're more likely to get into the magazine because you had that relationship and so on. So I think that about sums it up and I'll obviously take any questions here. If that's all right. Or is there any I'll just take them here because you can maybe hear me a bit better. Any questions or and by the way I'm happy to um anyone wants any contact details for like some mosaic science, Snara Dolly or any of the mm-hmm. magazines, I'm happy to provide those at the end if anyone wants to come up to me.
0: Maybe we could go up to the questions after uh, Jason's sorry. and with that might be easier because we, then we'd have a nice <laughs> sense of. That.